Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Craig. And we have this week's preview for the weekend's game as uh, Big Ten Conference play opens up for Michigan. They're going to be facing off against Purdue this weekend. Um. Interestingly enough, well, I don't know if you would say it's that all that interesting, but Michigan not opening up with the largest of point spreads for this one. Uh, last I checked, it was a, yep, and just double-checking it now, Michigan uh, now ranked eighth, is a 10-point favorite on the road at Purdue this weekend. Interesting start time, the game kicking off at 4 p.m. then. Mm-hmm. Craig, you and I will go into our own thoughts, but as we have been doing this season, when we get our voicemails in, we go ahead and uh, start off with those for each episode, and we have one again yet this week, so let's go ahead and jump into that. We have another one of our regular callers checking with in with us again. Hey guys, it's Kirby. Uh Checking in for the Michigan at Purdue game. I think um, this is going to be a real test for Michigan. And the, the past couple games have been frustrating to watch, but Purdue's a much better team than they were last year. It's not even comparable from what I, the film I've looked at. And while they blew out Missouri last week, 35-3, to and while this will be a real test for our run game, I think that they're going to try to really force us to pass the ball. Um, I think Michigan wins 42 to 10. I think, I think we'll really get it together. I think we'll start to see some more of the playbooks on both sides of the ball. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it'll be less frustrating to watch. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Anyways, uh, so that's it. That's all I have to say this week. And uh, go blue. All right. Thanks again, Kirby, for the call. Another one there from MGO Kirby. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not uh, not a lot of uh, breaking things down or anything, but uh, giving his score prediction there. We appreciate that. And yes, I guess that's a good place to start where people are mentioning that this they are concerned with this game because, interestingly enough, I don't think anyone would have thought Purdue has been looking uh, strong. Well, uh, Purdue has been looking good this year. <laughs> uh, let's put it that way. And nobody anticipated that. Like you've pointed out several times, Craig, in uh, conversations – with people on Twitter, they were projected to possibly not win any games this year. Yeah. And yeah. Conference. Definitely. They had like zero wins for Purdue. Yeah. I remember And the interesting thing is I saw that on that part of the section before we even started, the, you know, this, the season on, you know, starting the games and reviewing the games. And I was quite, you know, I said, okay, we're Purdue because they were so bad last year. They weren't good at all. And you got Brahm at coaching uh, there, and he's doing a pretty good job this year. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty pretty impressed by what they're doing. 
Yeah, because they currently sit at two and one. Yeah. And they had a very competitive game against Louisville to begin the uh, season. That was actually at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. And then they beat uh, – They uh, the final score was 35-28. to 28. They beat Ohio Bobcats 44-21, uh, to 21, and they very convincingly dominated Missouri on the road, yeah. winning 35-3 to three, uh, this past Saturday. So they have looked – Pretty good. I mean, Louisville is a uh, very credible team um, with the uh, their quarterback and uh, the level that they've been playing on for the past couple of years. So be, to be able to keep up with them uh, was very interesting to watch. And for them to be able to keep playing at that high of a level for the past two weeks, it'll be very interesting. They And you know, it's kind of, it's nice. I mean, you know, Every team, whenever they have a chance, they put a mark on Michigan's back, uh, yeah. a target on Michigan's back. And you know that Purdue is probably excited and pushing for that. It's kind of been nice to – I haven't seen anything. Maybe I've missed it. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of nice not to hear a lot of that uh, – slide talk or uh, dogging on Michigan and things like that because right. it seems like Purdue is just working on, you know, we're going out there and we're going to play our game. It is, I mean, not that it means as much as I personally think as it does with high school games. It is homecoming for them uh, at their stadium in West Lafayette. So, uh, Craig, you already talked about it a little bit. Interesting to see how well they're playing. What's are some things that they have going for them that you've noticed here after three games? Well, one of the things about we obviously want to say is they're a pass-heavy team, so they're going to really test our secondary. So we do know that about them. Um, One of the things um, is we need to understand that – the only thing, Purdue has played three three games and they've – played very well against Louisville and obviously Louisville has uh, the quarterback the reigning Heisman candidate or Heisman trophy winner last year but uh, all three of those teams have something in common they also have uh, very weak defenses so so Purdue was able to expose um, even Louisville we saw that against Clemson last Saturday so they were actually able to do that very well against them but uh, we are talking about Louisville which I thought would blow them out and, you know, we're we're looking at a coach that's a little bit different. We're talking about um, this coach, his history is that um, he was from, he's, West, he's from Western Kentucky. He's building his program. And if anybody knows anything about Western Kentucky in the past three years when he was there, I mean, we're talking the guy loaded, I mean, scored a bunch of points. He does a lot of trick plays. He does a lot of... Uh, offensive plays and man he got the hilltoppers uh at the conference usa doing really really well in fact 2016 he had him at uh, what, 10 and 3 which is great so he's a fantastic coach as uh, harbaugh mentioned that the guys got uh, purdue rolling on where they need to be and i think one of the things that's going to cause maybe purdue a little bit of or cause michigan a little bit of trouble is they got a two 
two-headed quarterback monster going. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't exactly sure of, and then I noticed, and I went, whoa, they do. And that might cause some serious problems because of the very fact is, um, you know, they do run out of the <clears throat> a five-receiver set at times because the Hilltoppers did. But uh, that's very interesting to see those two. And uh, I think you might have the stats on those guys. I don't know, but uh, they're playing really well. Both of them are, so... Yeah, they definitely have some uh, tricks up their sleeves uh, with those that double quarterback play. They also have um, <clears throat> uh, where you've seen uh, you've seen if you've watched any film on them, you've probably seen it where they have the ability to go out there and fourth down, and uh, they'll line up uh, to take an offensive snap and. Uh, like they're going to run it or pass from it, and they can uh, just punt directly from uh, the snap. I think it was one of the quarterbacks. I didn't catch the number of him, but they'll uh, they'll throw that in there where they're going to pretend to go for it, and they can just punt from from that position. That's not as dangerous, obviously, as when you're going to line up in a punt formation and fake going for it, that or fake it and go for it. Yeah, um, that'll just kind of mess a little bit with your coverage. But, yeah, it's very interesting to see that transition there for uh, the coach going in there for his first year because uh, he's definitely got them rolling. And uh, I will go back to some of what you already said where the key point that I'll, I'll talk on for a moment is their passing game. Uh, definitely their strong suit. They've got 10 uh, passing touchdowns compared to four rushing touchdowns. The... Uh, they attack the edges pretty quick. They do, uh, and this isn't all that they do, but they can run the bubble screen very successfully. I've seen that they have some speedy receivers, so if they get a little bit open field, they can make a move and they can bolt down the field. But they also have a really good job where um, I've seen their running back, and I think it was Fuller was his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Fuller. Uh, he's a sophomore running back who does – a very good job. He's got two of their four rushing touchdowns. Um, and he's got a total of over 260 rushing yards. He does a really good job um, at sometimes watching the play and how it breaks down. And if it's, if the quarterback is able to extend the play, he finds the open spot to be able to burn the defense. Right. Yeah. So he's, he's quick and he's able to, uh, sometimes put the moves on the defenders. I mean, obviously it's, uh, they haven't played against quite the defense as uh, Michigan being a top five, top 10 defense, but still um, some quick feet out there and he's fast out, out of the uh, backfield, but their passing game is definitely stronger than their rush game. I think their offensive line is strong, stronger at that at pass protection, uh, you can see them do a good job with that. So I agree with you. And especially adding in, like you said, that double quarterback play into that passing game is just going to, you know, throw another curveball in there to help them step up their passing game. Yeah, especially with those two having, I believe, a 71% uh, uh, completion rate, which is, I think, third in the Big Ten, which is amazing. So that. Michigan's got to put a lot of pressure on that quarterback, and I think they will. I mean, coming off the edge and really pressuring um, uh, that team and the quarterback to uh, throw 
miscues. So I expect Purdue to come out and really, I, I, I think it's going to come out in a little bit of more up tempo because I don't think they can hold that offensive line can hold back our defense. So I see a little bit more uh, up tempo. So when you do that, I one thing I think Brom, Coach Brom uses is small, speedy receivers. So he uses a lot of like uh, you know routes, pivots, whips, um, things like that on his um, on his play calling. So I would expect to see a lot more of that, a lot more slants uh, to uh, test out you know maybe our secondary and our linebackers at that position. So. The guy, you know, he's a good coach. I mean, he literally he knows what he's doing. You know, he 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 reads defenses pretty well. So I expect uh, quarterbacks to be on their toes. But like you said, you got two quarterbacks. One that you got one that maybe that can't handle the pressure very well. You got another quarterback that can come in and do just as well. And man, that that could throw Michigan some fits. So you got to be got to be ready for that. Yeah, and to speak a little bit further with the passing game too, they've uh, they've got a freshman uh, wide receiver actually who's kind of had the hot hands, and through the first three games he already has four touchdowns um, and posting Great. over 150 yards, and so this is a freshman wide receiver, so definitely a player to watch during the game and how he works with our secondary. Um, that's uh, Jackson Anthrop. And uh, he'll be definitely a key player for Purdue. Um, and he, uh, and just like you said, this, the speed that they use, and they do a lot of crossing routes, trying to uh, mix the receivers in uh, across the field and then get somebody to uh, lose their defender there in the middle. So I, the thing that I will say, and uh, we've kind of talked about what, appears to be strong for Purdue. And I think that this is going to be pretty straightforward and everything. I think one of the best things for Michigan is, you know, going to have a new level of defense that Purdue really hasn't faced. I think it's going to be very important in this game to try to control the emotions of the game. Uh, yep. yep. The, because I think it's, I think West Lafayette is going to be on fire. I think they're going to be pumped. Yeah. Uh, you have seen their fans show up for their games. Sold out. Yeah, and you've heard, <laughs> I've, like, you're watching it, and you're hearing them on road games be louder than the home crowd. So they are already excited about this year. Um, yep. I'm not saying at all by any means that this is what is going to happen, but I did uh, find some interesting stuff when I was looking around that, uh, I mean, Purdue has had ex its uh, successful years, but it has only had one double-digit win season, and that was back in 1979. So this isn't exactly a powerhouse football program, but they do pride themselves in their excuse me in their football. Yeah, and you can already see it this year. So this is—I feel like this is going to be a key game. Um from the standpoint of something that we've talked about for the past two years. And I think Michigan will have the opportunity to do it. And I want to see it happen. And you say it all the time, Craig, where once you get um, the advantage and you start um, increasing the lead that you put your foot on their throat and you put the game away. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. That is really what I think we need to see for Michigan this weekend. Uh, I definitely think that they're capable of doing it. Um, but that's just one of those things where even if it's one two-possession game, something like that, I don't think Purdue is going to lose their fire and lose their zeal. Uh, they've been pumped up uh, with all the other games that they've had. So uh, I know some people are talking about upset alert. Um, I wouldn't say it's out of the question. I, I'm confident in Michigan winning the game. But I do believe that Purdue is going to fight um, and scrape with everything they've got and leave it all on the field and put up a uh, cause of fit for Michigan uh, this yeah. weekend if they're not uh, more disciplined in some areas. No, and you're right. And that's the thing is, you know, they don't – they get the nickname spoiler makers for <laughs> a reason because – I think they thrive in that little area, bubble of area of saying, yeah, we might not have the best season. Yeah, we might go to a smaller bowl game at the end of the year. But uh, we like to defeat the Goliaths of the Big Ten and ruin their year. <laughs> and Purdue's capable of doing that, especially with Brom. And I, I think it's interesting because Coach Brom has this – uh, history because his former boss is Petrino from Louisville. So he actually come, you know, Brom had, if you watch his offense run, he uses a lot of, you know, misdirection and options and, you know, de decoys and things like that. But uh, um, you're going to see a lot of that. I think he knows what he's going up against in uh, Michigan's defense. I mean, he's talked about it and I read some quotes of his and I think he's going to be, he knows that he's going to need some tricks. He's going to need some plays that are in misdirections. Some he's going to have to confuse that defense and try to confuse Don Brown and what he's throwing at him. But uh, he's a great coach. The guy knows how to coach, and uh, I would not take Purdue lightly in this game, not at all. Yeah, uh, very true. And it was interesting to see, if I'm not mistaken, it was Rashawn Gary that uh, tweeted something out that said that they haven't even pulled out the entire playbook yet for yeah, defense, wow. yeah. which I I believe that. I know that we've had our conversations with the offense, and mm -hmm. I I know, and everybody knows that there are some stuff that they haven't pulled out yet. Honestly, with the offense, I feel like maybe they've pulled out more, um, but. The defense, I have no question with how they've been playing, how well they've been doing, that they still have some stuff that they just haven't even touched on um, that they might go to whenever they need to. But that's, uh, I mean, you've got the Dr. Blitz difference where yeah. I think that'll um, be great to see this weekend. Uh, I've had, I know that they've had their hiccups. I mean, they don't. Nobody really pitches a perfect game in college football uh, for the defense, but the defense has done a darn good job in the first three games, uh, even going through some of the hiccups that they've had, um, mostly however small that they've been. Something to be interesting and to point out is that uh, to compare where the two teams are right now, uh, scoring points per game, Michigan is coming in at 32.7. Purdue for scoring points per game is 35.7. So uh, tight right there. And then uh, Michigan is holding the opponents to 14.7 uh, points per game, while Purdue 
uh, their defense stepping up and keeping opponents to 19.7 points per game. And they have uh, a credible, have had credible opponents so far. I mean, yeah. Michigan uh, had to face off that tricky triple option, had to face off against Florida that we know is a good team. How good or great, we're not entirely sure, but they're a good team. Right. Um, but Purdue has faced Louisville, which everybody knows is a good team. Yeah. Uh, questionable about Missouri exactly, but uh, they were neck and neck with Louisville and looked like the better team at certain points in that game. And I really uh, am surprised to see and do think that uh, difference maker for them has been their defense. They've been uh, – it's almost kind of like a tenacious defense Um uh, man, I had a specific word that I wanted to use for it, but they are just going after the ball. They're giving it everything they've got. Uh, some of the things that you see in the Michigan defense where it's just all in and everything, um, they are all in with this new coach and the coaching staff. And so, we, yeah, we know the difference that the defense makes. So it's uh, interesting to see how they've been able to pull that because they've definitely been holding their opponents to low scores. Well, yeah, and and look, look. Well, Purdue runs at four three, so you're going to see a lot of you know your 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 corners are going to be covering the wide receivers, and you know you're going to have your your weak side linebacker covering the tight end, and then you're going to get obviously your uh, strong side linebackers, you know, and your obviously your middle linebacker covering the running backs, so. Uh, it works, and you're going to see them try to blitz at times, and you're going to see them try to put pressure on uh, Wilton State because they, like you said, I think they smell blood in the water when it comes to our offense. Uh, on our offense, because of the very fact is we've had we've had trouble in the you know at the twenty yard line in the red zone, and one for ten in the red zone means that we're having a tough time and having Tariq Black out of the you know gone for the year for a broken foot really hurts at that point. But, you know, that's when you need people's Jones to step up and people like a McDoom and, um, and getting those tight ends in there. And maybe we'd see Nico Collins in there, but, uh, he's still a little raw, but, uh, the guy's about six, five, six, six. He's a nightmare matchup or mismatch. And it'd be good to see some, Things like that get Perry involved, get some of these tight ends involved in the red in the red zone a little bit more, and get the timing down and mechanics. And uh, I think we can win this game. But you know, that's the whole. I think the whole key in this whole game is whether Michigan. I don't think Michigan. <laughs> it's tough. You and I are sitting here talking about Michigan and the defense and their special teams and how they're clicking. And all we need to do is get some kind of uh, <laughs> breath of the offense in the red zone and we can take this team out and win it. And if we can get that, I think we can win handily and beat this team. But if we can't get that this down, we're just going to keep these guys in the game and they're hungry. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I definitely agree too. I would love to see more uh, involvement with the tight ends. I think there's a lot of potential there. And as you mentioned with uh, black being out, somebody, uh, needing to step in and there have been those uh, people putting out their opinions there of uh, more involvement from Donovan Peoples Jones on offense. Uh, they've definitely got the pieces that they can move there. Some that um, 
have already seen some playing time, but people are wondering if uh, they'll get more playing time, uh, just like Donovan Peoples-Jones. I'm trying to think, uh, seeing more of McDoom and uh, Evans out there because we've got the speed and uh, they work the edges pretty well. It'll be interesting to see how they adjust with Black being out. Um, And you also mentioned taking advantage of things in the red zone, and we talked plenty about that last uh, in the last episode. Something to mention here is that the red zone success for Purdue has been 100%. Um, and they have, however, for the teams, their opponents, they have been at, uh, 81%. And so for Michigan, uh, the red zone success has been, uh, it's a good number. It's 90%, but we all well know that, uh, was it one touchdown Yeah, for those, uh, 10 uh, red zone appearances, while keeping their opponents at 75%, which actually there have been 10 times they've been in the red zone. They've only allowed opponents in the red zone four times. Michigan. This is talking Michigan. Um, so great success for Purdue in the red zone. Um, shoot, I had the number here for um, field goals compared to touch uh, touchdowns. I'll try to find that there. But they um, – They've been converting. Their third down conversion percent is uh, just over 40%. They're allowing opponents to hang around 35%. Um, So there's not too much difference between their production and the opponent's production. The interesting thing then for Michigan, Michigan struggles more because they're at 34%, but they drop opponents' conversion, uh, third down conversions, to not even 25%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And those numbers don't lie. So, but uh, like you said, you know, you're you're looking at an offense that's struggling, and we haven't even seen. And you know, maybe they are holding back. But you know, given the fact is, you know, I know that Jim Harbaugh and Wilton Spate were on the radio today, and they really didn't offer much as far as, I mean, you know, the offense and what the, some of the issues are going on with it. Is it play calling? Is it uh, Drev knows it? Pep or Wilton Spate, and you know you got to almost think it's a combination of everything, you know. Or is it, you know, we in a way had issues last year. Remember, we were talking about how Michigan faded out at the end of the year, and oh yeah, you know, is it coaching? I mean, remember how we were kind of hidden to the fact that the coaches just were on were on different pages, and so they moved on. Maybe we don't even know that yet. So those are all things that. Michigan fans are concerned about because this is concerning. This is a problem, but you know, I'm confident that Harbaugh and the staff can get this going. But if the staff ain't clicking, I, we, we just don't know. You and I aren't in the mix in coaching and at Michigan well enough to know that, but just knowing to, for any Michigan fan, knowing that our offense is having struggle is struggling is literally on a different planet. It's just, it is, but uh, hopefully this game, we break out a little bit and we get some points under our feet. And I think, you know what I think we're going to do? I think it comes down to, if you can get Spate to throw that one touchdown, then it builds that timing and the confidence up, and then we can get really rolling, you know? If you get that one under your belt like Donovan Peoples-Jones did on the return, as soon as I saw that, I go, oh, man, he's going to be hungry for more. 
You know, he's going to want to take them all to the house. And I love seeing that. Maybe that's what this offense needs. Like, we're going to need a spark. And once we get it, we'll start rolling. Yeah, I often think that too. But then the Cincinnati game, we broke them, uh, like, right off the bat uh, with that touchdown pass. And that didn't carry throughout the game, uh, which was surprising. I always feel – I always – expect that home games you'll be able to get that motion and be able to essentially ride the wave and everything and that was not the case for Michigan when they faced off Cincinnati in the home opener so uh, maybe that's changed maybe that is just what they need uh, to take advantage of an opportunity like that so we will have to see I um, I'm not completely sold that this is going to be the week for the offense I'm hoping and anticipating that there will be improvement, like I've mentioned before, um, week-to-week improvement for the team. I think they'll, I think they'll be more efficient, maybe uh, smarter with the ball, cleaner plays, uh, perhaps, hopefully, fingers crossed, better play calling too in some uh, some cases. But uh, maybe, and that's the thing too, because you you have seen it, and it's been the adjustment of young players in uh, some of the things that you see in the offense. So it, it's a whole unit issue with the right. offense. We know that we've talked about that. This does not fall on one person, but also saying that I don't really think that there's anyone who's exempt from issue uh, from taking the blame. I know that there are specific, some specific linemen who have been uh, playing pretty lights out and everything, but, uh, but yeah, there's room for improvement on all fronts for the offense. So I, I just don't feel with the way that Purdue's playing with this being a road game with what we've seen in the first three games that we're going to see, in my opinion, I don't think we're going to see a great advancement in the offense this week. Yeah. And I mean, deservedly so because you know the very fact is they haven't showed very much in the past three games so especially with the cincinnati game and that being at home and then having air force and that being at home and then we're going to a hostile crowd obviously in purdue and they're amped up and they're happy because their season seems to be doing much better than they actually thought and uh the pollsters thought they would so they're pretty and it's homecoming so you're going to have and a sold-out crowd, so it's going to be tough. You know, when you don't have your own fan base there, like Michigan, um, that'll be a good test for them. But, uh, you know, I expect Michigan Michigan to come out and start testing some of the, the linebackers, you know, obviously, and seeing how fast we are. Um, we know they're great, but uh, come out with some running plays. And then I expect to see Spate uh, and the passing game to use a lot of, you know, a lot of, run hooks and you know some slants and some uh, curls and things like that to get and start testing uh, out this 4-3 defense so yeah it's it's kind of it's it's weird to say it because you always feel like oh it's Purdue you know I mean if they don't have Drew Brees then what's much of the concern why shouldn't this be a, a easy right. win you know yeah 
So it's interesting to be in this situation. And that's the thing, too. We're, we're just breaking it down. I don't think either of us are saying, oh, this is upset alert or anything like that. But it is definitely more of a um, tight game than we anticipated at the beginning of the season because I always thought the interesting and trick game was going to be Indiana when we got to that. But Yeah. Um, well, you know, 35 points per game, you know, 35 points and 459 yards of total offense per game is nothing to sneeze at. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's that's a team you're going to have to take very seriously. So, uh, so, But you and I were – we've talked about this before, talking about sooner or later your offense is going to have to carry the load for a defense that might have a bad game. So, but so far we've had three games – where the defense and the special teams has carried us. Um, that's excellent coaching. I mean, we're talking about Dr. Blitz, Don Brown doing all that, and the special teams just doing great. Um, and um, Nordine and doing his job is probably one of the going to probably go down one of the best kickers in Michigan, <laughs> the way he's at his rate. But um, but sooner or later, you're going to need this offense to kick it up and win games for us when the defense at times looks sluggish or they're out on the field too long and we can't sustain drives on the offense. So it's asking a lot for the defense to roll all year, all season to a championship or get you to the playoffs. So that's a little bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me then ask you the question um, since we've been talking about the offense you were saying how you feel like there is going to be improvement this week. What do you think is going to be the most successful for Michigan then? Is it going to be uh, working and integrating the tight ends? Is it just going to be straight up the normal of the rushing game having the most success? What do you think is going to be the strong suit for the Michigan offense heading into West Lafayette? Well, the thing is, is, you know, you and I were talking about Michigan having either – the big plays or they're very vanilla. So, and I'm. Okay. All right. So apparently we have run into some relatively major issues between internet and some other technical things. Uh, we started recording one night and we were cut off and then we attempted things the second night and there were some other issues there and I was going to try to finish things but then work uh, called and had to demand more of my time and so with being at work early and being at work late I had to come together and kind of wrap things up here so we apologize that this is a shorter episode than normal and actually that we were essentially cut off in the middle of our conversation, but I am going to just go ahead and wrap things up here solo, and I'm just going to keep it brief and keep it short because um, because there's more work to be done, and hopefully the technician comes like this planning to tomorrow, and there might be a solution, and next week can be back to normal. So the thing that I will just finish off is the final score predictions that Craig and I have for... Uh, the Michigan game against Purdue. So Craig uh, sent me his score prediction. I'm just going to kind of rattle off his numbers here. He's predicting a close game for Michigan's um, 
conference opener on the road against Purdue being the uh, 10-point favorite and the over-under being 52. Craig is coming in with a final score of 28-21 to 21, Michigan. So he's predicting a close game there. I, um, myself, am actually thinking that the Wolverines will be able to separate themselves a little bit more from the Boilermakers. I know that the Purdue has been playing well this year. New head coach, new system, seen a lot of productivity. And I did speak too early uh, when I was mentioning some things uh, before in this episode. I do remember this much that I was saying that nobody was really talking trash. I can't remember who it was now offhand because of how busy this week has been. But Purdue, somebody at Purdue, I can't remember if it was a coach or if it was a player, was talking about what they're going to do and what they're going to show the world when they beat Michigan. So... Uh, more bulletin board material for the Wolverines, but uh, the defense is legit, and both Don Brown and Rashawn Gary coming out saying that they have not shown everybody uh, everything that they can do. So I think because of defense that we will be able to slowly put up points on the board. Maybe there will be some defensive points in this game again. And the final score I have for it is Michigan 37 Purdue 20. So we'll kind of work and see how things uh, pan out for Saturday, the 4 o'clock kickoff. Uh, That's kind of all I have for you guys for right now. Again, we do apologize for all this um, kind of crazy nonsense going on. This is never really how we want things to go, but on the lighter side of things, we do have to say that we are fortunate that this is one of the very, very few times that uh, it has actually gotten this bad where an episode has been cut short and we haven't been able to essentially re regroup. It was just a rough situation that happened during a very inopportune week for us. So we will get back at it. Like I said, things are supposed to be being fixed tomorrow. And most importantly, though, Michigan football game this weekend. So hopefully as long as uh, everybody's able to watch that, if uh, even if the TV goes out, I'll just go watch it at a sports bar or something. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for bearing with us. Uh, we will be back at it and be bringing you the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast for the next episode, recapping the Purdue game after it's all said and done. It's always a joy to do this, even through the difficult times. We will get through it, and we will be bringing you back full episodes as per the normal. So uh, this is coming out here then on Friday for you guys. So the weekend is right around the corner. I hope your Friday is fast. I hope it goes smoothly. And as always, we will finish off with Go Blue.